It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, 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 everybody, and thank you for joining me on Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. We have a special guest today. It's Hal Redner. Hal Rudnick. Hal, I knew I'd mess up your name. You know that? I looked your name all day long. I knew I'd mess up your name. A lot of us know Hal Rudnick from Community, Reno 911, Adam Ruins Everything. But really, what I know him from mostly is from Screen Junkie. Now, if you love Screen Junkies the way I love Screen Junkies, then you're going like, to love Hal. We're going to talk about Hal, about different movies, different things, different parts of his life. We want to know a lot about him. So without any more special ado, let's bring him on. Hello. Hey, hey Hal. How you doing, sir? <laughs> uh, that's uh, quite a studio audience you have, or uh, some great effects. <laughs> it's the great effects we got there. It's the only production I have left here. You know, I was going to ask you how in the entertainment industry, but I understand that your father was an entertainer himself. Oh, uh, he actually was. Um, he was a concert producer, wow. and um, he uh, – he produced a series of concerts uh, called 40s in the 80s, where he brought old stars from like the, the 1940s, 50s, uh, from like the big band and swing music era uh, back to perform in, uh, in the 80s. What's that? Like oh, yeah, Duke, Duke Ellington. Ellington. Yeah, like Duke Ellington. Um, I don't know if you uh, have heard of uh, Mel Torme. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, uh, Vic Damone, uh, yeah. all these people that I had never, uh, that were definitely before my time, but uh, right. yeah, the, um, the big band era, um, and uh, uh, Patty Page, uh, wow. Rosemary, Rosemary Clooney, who's the aunt of George Clooney, <laughs> and my my mom and my sisters were telling me stories about a young George Clooney would be backstage right. with Rosemary right. Clooney, so so my father had the entertainment bug, and then he also kind of uh, an offshoot of that. He gave me an education in classic cinema, which, mm. uh, you know what? I didn't appreciate it when I was a kid as much as I right. today. I'm very thankful for it. Now, I understand that he, he had you watch a lot of black and white films, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, he, uh, he, I mean, so basically when I was a kid, I wanted to be out riding my bike, and, uh, you know, playing with my friends. But my dad was right. like, sit down. Uh, we're, we're going to watch, we're going to watch Casablanca. We're going to watch, uh, Shane. He loved the Western Shane, <laughs> which, uh, Shane okay. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve. All right. Here's a trivia question yes, sir. for you. Uh, what movie, what recent film from the past Logan. few years, uh, Yes, there you go. Good man, good man. Uh, I didn't even have to finish the question. Uh, heavily featured Shane as an homage. Right. And uh, yeah, because Logan, uh, you know, obviously uh, it, it was very much uh, James Mangold made it in like kind of the style of a Western. Got the right. the old gun, the old gunslinger going for, uh, with uh, one last one last mission to take care of. Did uh, it help you to appreciate Shane and and Logan a little more, seeing how they're kind of intermingled throughout the time? Yes, absolutely. Mm. I uh, like it. It just gave that much more clarity to uh, the the vision of the film, and that's one of the things that made it one of the best superhero films in recent memory. 
<laughs> well, you wanted you wanted to ride skateboards or ride your bike, and you wanted to be do kids things. And your your dad wanted you to focus on on media. Did he have something in particular in mind that he wanted you to do, or something that maybe an aspiration you had yourself that he was trying to inspire? No, I, I think it's just, he loved movies and nostalgia mm. so much. Mm. Uh, he just wanted to impart it to his son and uh and then i know uh, my mom and my sisters i have half sisters uh and uh also my half brothers uh big extended family but my dad right. always just he wanted to spread his love and fandom of uh movies in the same way like if you ever are uh you know i mean in your life uh, have, have you ever just been hanging out with someone and uh you are like oh you have to see this movie i can't believe you oh, haven't yeah. seen it Absolutely. yeah exactly so he my dad was like that times times 10 <laughs> and uh and you know uh again it, as a kid uh i was uh, <laughs> i could kind of take it or leave it but now i'm right. thankful that he introduced me to uh the movies of like um james cagney and humphrey bogart and uh lauren bacall and uh, right. just so so many great uh one of my favorite directors uh preston sturgis who was like the he was basically like the cohen brothers of his day in the 1940s right. and 50s uh mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm uh, today. I'm very thankful, and it gave me, a, you know, gave me, a, it made me a, just that much, uh, uh, gave me that much more layers, that many more layers as a as a person, and that much something to really sink my teeth into. So I, yeah, I, I appreciate well, it now. I want to talk a little deeper about screen junkies later on, but I can see that it mm-hmm. helps you in your screen junkie battles when you go back against which film is better or which character is better. It does give you a lot more in, in, information on backlog opposed to progressive thought. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, for example, I know, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, uh, you know, so many different films but like if we're talking about quentin tarantino and his effect on uh cinema and how he changed uh the the discourse on film over the course from the 90s to today uh you're going to want to look back um at stanley kubrick and especially one of his uh i think it's his second film um the killing which mm-hmm. the time the time construction if you go back and watch this film the killing the time construction is almost it's very similar to that of pulp fiction where it jumps right. around and it tells the story from different mm-hmm. perspectives and it'll replay um from that and then also you you know take a film like uh Rashomon uh from Akira right. Kurosawa and right. uh, also it plays with different perspectives and, and time construction right. and storytelling. Right. I mean, that's the whole point of that film. So, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, so yeah, just having like uh, moments like that and films like that in my frame of reference are, you know, uh, it, it helps in, in my appreciation of film and definitely in movie fights. You are you are a very dangerous guest. You know, I can literally talk to you for hours and hours and hours about these films and make connections about them all day long. Uh, but, oh, the, sure. the one thing I, but the one thing I really do want to focus on is your life. Now, did, did you grow up in Jersey? Is, is that what I understand? Yes. Yep. Uh, grew yeah. up in Jersey. Nice. And um, it was kind of had the best of both worlds uh it was uh grew up in a, a in a nice suburb uh and but we were uh close enough to new york city where we could go in my dad used to like to take uh my mom and i in for uh, broadway shows and i'm also a, a big uh, sports fan so we'd go to yankee games and uh yeah uh so that that was nice being i appreciated being in that proximity uh to culture uh in in new york uh being able to go in and kind of drink that in and yeah i i really and like i've spent uh you know a lot of time in different parts of the country uh like and going to school and growing up but um i uh i really i love new york city i love the city well you teach now and You've written just so much. What, what is what made you, or what pushed you in the direction of writing? Um, well, I've 
That's a, that's a good question. I feel like, uh, again, so much of it goes back to my dad. He was a, mm. he was a real character and he had a great effect on my sense of humor because, mm. uh, he was, uh, just a, a real wild card when it came to like jokes and comedy. And when he was hosting, um, his concert series and producing it. Um, so I feel like that really pushed me towards comedy. And I remember I wrote my first comedy sketch when I was in like third or fourth grade. And, hmm. um, <laughs> and then that, that kind of gave me the bug and I've, I've always loved making people laugh and that's, Right. Uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite outlets, and thankfully, I've been able to uh, do that for a living, to uh, um, in various uh, ways, shapes, and forms. Well, your fa- your father really influenced you to be part of this world. How do you feel? Do you feel like they supported you once you entered it as well? Yeah, um, he uh, he definitely did. He, I think. I'm, I'm lucky in as much as my parents were supportive, they just wanted me to be uh, happy doing what I'm doing. So if I was happy, they were happy. He, he never said when I was majoring in film uh, with a theater minor in college, oh, no, you need to go be pre-law or uh, you need to, you know, or, or push me into anything else. So th- I'm happy that it was never really discouraged. Oh, you're fortunate. Did he ever put you in a musical instrument? It's going to be my question since music was such a big part of your childhood. You know what? I briefly uh, played the trombone in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in junior high, uh, but it, that didn't last. Yeah. Yeah. I tried yeah. the trumpet uh, and that dead lasted around five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, and uh, that's one thing that I regret sometimes that I don't, uh, that I don't play a musical instrument because especially doing comedy, uh, that would be, you know, I, I always, I appreciate a lot of comedians who, um, can like, oh, like I have a lot of ideas for weird, uh, comedy songs, but then I'm like, well, now I got to connect with someone who can <laughs> do the music. Who can write I'm, it, I'm right. good. For, I'm good for lyrics and a tune, but, uh, yeah, I, I uh, but I'm, yeah, I, I don't really have anything when I can't play an instrument. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little about Screen Junkies. You got into this, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of years ago, right? Oh, yeah. I've been uh, a part of Screen Junkies for six, seven years. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they had Honest Trailers, and then I came on with the, uh, the Screen Junkies show. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing that. And, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. I, I kind of think about like how many comic cons i've been to and yeah uh yeah i see you i've it's, seen you at comic con several times with dick fundy and what have you and i've been to your oh, panel yeah. a couple times down there as well really oh, really right really on. really and you guys are always really nice you guys are always very sweet to meet your your fans and what have you i've always loved honest trailers it was it was just one of my 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 favorite little gets and i loved it when the directors would come on like uh for ant-man or for uh winter soldier and then they oh, tell you yeah. their opinion as well. Yeah, that, it's you know, when, when I think about uh, you know, screen junkies, I've yeah. uh, I've gotten to do a lot of fun things uh, yeah. through that show and meet a lot of cool people. Yeah, like Peyton Reed, uh, the director of Ant Man, and uh, right. the Russo brothers, and mm-hmm. interview a lot of different people. But actually, uh, if I uh, I'll. I'll turn back the the clock a little further than that. I uh, I've been doing movie junkets, so I've been at Screen Junkies for six seven years. I've been doing movie junkets right. for uh, uh, maybe um, eleven or twelve years. Wow! Uh, I used to I used to do them for Fox Sports and Fuel TV. Uh, wow! Was a talk show. I don't know if you remember that uh, that channel Fuel TV. It was a lot of yeah. action sports programming. Yeah. yeah. So I would. Uh, so there was a, there was a talk show uh, called uh, The Daily Habit that I started doing press junkets and interviews for, and that uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. And they it was they did it in the same vein as Screen Junkies, whereas Screen Junkies we always like to have some kind of fun game or something silly uh, to do 
during the junket rather than just have it be like just a straight up interview. Uh, and I like that I'm able to incorporate comedy in hmm. these uh, movie interviews because um, even though I'm in the the movie world and I'm it's such a big part of my life, I do uh, my my first love is if I have my druthers is comedy. Movies were uh, and like writing and performing comedy. That's my favorite thing to do, but. Uh, I'm just lucky that I get to do this thing with movies, but also uh, add some humor to it. So, am I, am I wrong I, I by calling that. your humor a little bit a little bit awkward? Just just a little bit oh. awkward humor. Go ahead. Yeah, um, it, it often is. It very often. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I it, it is ever... fantastic. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, I, I really appreciate that, Steve. Um, the uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw my uh, Kingsman junket that I did yes. in, yeah, for the release of the the, the uh, Kingsman, uh, the first Kingsman movie, the Blu-ray, in that uh, they flew me over to uh, to London, and uh, I basically tried my best to cause an international incident <laughs> uh, while I was over there. Uh, I, I, I while we were during part what of you, uh, the interview, I just would stop do? asking. Uh, so we were we were at this uh, at this uh, um, haberdashery, this menswear shop that makes very yeah. fine clothes in London. Uh, they, as they call them, bespoke tailored suits, and <laughs> uh, and it's and it is the and it is the shop that serves as the uh, the Kingsman um, uh, 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 tailor shop in the film. And they walked, and we were getting this uh, tutorial about the history of the shop, and it was very dry. It was, mm. uh, but, and, and I don't know. I just wanted to spice things up a little bit. And I'm, you know, I, I'm. I often can't help my the idiocy that will come from right. my mouth, and <laughs> uh, like usually I have. Sometimes I got to just give myself over to it. So I just kept asking Austin Powers related questions <laughs> during this interview. And uh, everyone was like kind of looking at me like, right. is this really happening? Uh, right. And it, it just got more and more absurd. And the third time I asked an Austin Powers related question, um, <laughs> uh, the uh, one of the, uh, representatives from the, the, the movie studio uh, or the uh, publicist came up to me and said, uh, could you please stop asking those type of questions? <laughs> uh, like, okay, sorry. And so it was extremely awkward, but afterwards right. uh, it, um, it, on film, it was very funny and it made right. the, uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was kind of the best part of the trip <laughs> over you there. Know, I think so. I think some of these publicists just don't know how difficult it is to interview people. And knowing that a lot of people who've been interviewed have been asked the same questions over and over and over and over again. I must have listened to at least six of your interviews the past 24 hours just to, just okay. to, hear, all the, just wow. to hear all the questions people are asking you, just, that, just so I could ask different questions myself. So, oh, wow. Right so on. That, so that alone is, is difficult enough, enough, much less going to a press junket and then asking. Well, I commend you for doing uh, your due diligence there. I didn't want to come Nicely in here done. like a fool. <laughs> so, um, so, leave that to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. I, I love your humor because you know it can be very dry, and people do take it very seriously. When the people are there are not trying to take it seriously. They're just trying to get in. Have a good time, have a couple of drinks, leave, have people enjoy their film. And I think that's what you're providing to them. And I watch shows like mm -hmm. Ellen, where she has their spokespeople wearing like short shorts and passing out tequila. It's the same concept. It's the same concept. It's just a different format. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to also, if you ask the same thing over and over again, it just gets uh, really, it just gets dull. And, it does. um, and I feel like it, it, the people feel like you're, it's just going through the motions. Like, right. Let's have some fun. Let's, let's make it interesting. 
Exactly. I mean, you're talking to a person because you want to get to know them better, not, not because you want to just spew out information. That's one of the reasons why I want to ask you so much about your father, because when you're asking, when you're talking to people about their influences, often they'll mention nebulous people that you really don't, you don't know and you're never going to meet. But when you mention a parent, that means a lot, especially in the entertainment business, where that's usually a non-favorable kind of job. Yeah. Um... They, uh, yeah, my, so I, I feel like, uh, I, I, I wish my dad could have seen, uh, you know, a lot of the things he passed away, uh, eight years ago and, um, Sorry, yeah, I wish he could have, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, he, uh, I, I wish he could have seen a lot of things that, uh, you know, doing today, I wish he could have seen me, uh, you know, get married and all, right. you know, all sorts of stuff. But, uh, yeah, um, he, uh, you know, I think he's responsible for a, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I really am thankful that is a part of my life. Uh, movies and you know sports and sense of humor. But he's also he might also be responsible for some of my uh, uh, less favorable qualities. My I mean my dad was a mixed bag. Uh, like right, I'll be right. perfectly honest with you. <laughs> right. Uh, Either um, way, it sends you he, therapy. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, listen, how 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 long you got, Steve? I'm, I'm, let me lay down on the couch here. And, uh, <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, at at the end of the day, he was he was a good-hearted guy, and uh, right. you know, I know that he loved me. And it took, but it, you know, it, it took me a while to uh, come to a place where uh, I felt like, you know, we had this unconditional love. Sometimes you have to go through that with. You know, right. um, a, a relative, a parent, a, a friend, a family member. So, um, but I'm, I'm glad we got to that place. So uh, that that is, well, how, you know, uh, we. I don't want to get to the end of the show before I ask you this question. If you were going to look back at your old self and give yourself some advice when you were young and you're going through that period, that transition, what, what would you have told yourself back then, when you were a little confused or? Yeah, uh, that's that's an interesting question. I, well, uh, I don't know if it's too cliche, but uh, I would tell myself to believe in myself and work harder, because now I mean I love what I what I'm able to do. I I love that I can you know make people laugh. I can get on stage and um, I, I write. I perform. I get to, you know, travel for screen junkies and do all sorts of fun stuff. But, you know, there have been a lot of times in my life where I've really questioned my ability to do these things. I feel like, Mm. uh, you know, a lot of us uh, deal with, you know, anxiety or self-esteem issues. Uh, But I would, if I, if I could, I would go back and say, uh, believe in yourself. Mm. Uh, you have the ability now work your ass off. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's because a lot of people go through like, you know, dark night of the soul or just, you know, doubt themselves or, uh, or have, or have anxiety or fear of uh, diving into the thing that you really want to do, diving into the thing you love. So I would just, so I I would just give myself a little pep talk and uh, tell myself to attend, Attack what you love. Do what nice. you want to do, and don't let anyone uh, tell you otherwise. Because now, uh, like I'm at, I feel like you know I'm at a, a certain age uh, where I'm working, uh, I'm working hard. I'm trying to create stuff. But there have been times in my life where I haven't worked this hard, and I, yeah, I just uh, would would hmm. say, hey, you can do it, man. It'll work out. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. So, t- so tell me more about. Oh, and then I would your, also uh, one more thing. I would also tell myself uh, to uh, bet on the Boston Red Sox in the 2004 World Series. Uh, <laughs> like, it kind, of, kind of like uh, a, a your future back to you the, wouldn't the have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your future, your future you would never have believed you. It would like this guy's exactly. crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I got. I got to. You know, if I'm gonna go back, if I got, if I got to go back in time, I, I would have to uh, have have a little fun <laughs> as well. So it's like Back to the Future. Exactly. So, so, so tell me, was there a movie that you saw when you were young, or a character that you saw that you were young that is now coming into flourishing? 
that it, like maybe maybe Spider-Man or something that you grew up when you were very young that you wanted to see so bad that is finally coming into your uh, its its own. For me, it's it's most likely like Dark Crystal, Dark Crystal. And oh yeah, Spider-Man. Those are some really throwbacks that I just couldn't wait to see. How about you? Oh yeah, have you watched the? Uh, so you've watched the new Dark Crystal on Netflix? I, I saw it in two days. Yes. Yeah, um, I've watched. Uh, I'm, I've only seen two episodes so far, but it's wow. oh man, it is. It's just masterfully done. Oh, um, it's and, it's and, magic. And the voice talent. Uh, the voice talent is so fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. Um, the well. It's, you know, Steve, it's crazy. We live in a golden age yeah. of, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's really an embarrassment of riches right. when, it, when it comes to, uh, like, so many beloved characters and uh, superheroes. And um, that, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, let, let me think. One that really resonates. You have, you have, you have Jughead now in, on, on that show on... A CW. I mean, that's that's the craziest uh, concepts on the planet Earth. It's like I'd never thought oh, I'd see Jughead and a drama show on the CW. Yeah, like Jughead giving given kind of like the uh, the OC <laughs> kind of treatment, you know. Um, uh, well, you know, you know what I will say. Uh, yeah. The we have so many channels now. And there's yeah. so many shows. It's ridiculous how like there's always another show that you're hearing about uh, from your friends or just reading about uh, uh, on on a film blog or something. And it's like, oh my god, another show. But in that, you get all these cool gems, like uh, a show like uh, Fleabag. You know, mm. uh, yes. that's uh, it, it's. That's a really funny and just incisive, thoughtful show that has just um, such a cool perspective about like accepting yourself and loving yourself and finding uh, like and just accepting your journey, but also being funny as hell and very right. raw. So right. uh, like I, 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 I and then you get something like there's a the director I really like the director of Drive. Uh, Nicholas oh, yeah. Winding uh, Reffin, yeah, and his show on um, Amazon, uh, Too Old to Die Young. Mm. It's such a weird journey. Like that show is so unique because the the pacing of that show is insane. It's just it's so slow and methodical, but right. it but it knows what it wants to be. And you couldn't have that show on like uh, even like you know. Uh, even on cable like HBO or Showtime, because it, it's so weird and unique, only because we have these streaming services that allow right. the, the, this kind of freedom to explore weird concepts. That's one thing that especially uh, that I'm excited about. Also, we just we live in a golden age of media in general. It's like a blessing right. and a curse how much stuff there is. I mean, <laughs> the amount of cool documentaries. And docu series you can explore on uh, Netflix, Hulu, etc. That's that's so great. So in addition to like uh, you know, obviously seeing the MCU in my lifetime is is pretty awesome. But like besides right. that, there's so many just cool little gems to find on streaming services. Well, let me ask you that the question right there that we got the MCU. You know, just like Stephen Colbert has to work on his opening set for for politics, and it's constantly changing. Let's just say the the Spider Man story and how that story yeah. is constantly changing, and then you have to make a mm -hmm. comment on that on you know Screen Junkies or wherever you need to make a comment about it. Does that sometimes make your head spin that the news is coming in so fast these days? It does, and it's – I mean, it's a blessing and a curse because the gift that keeps on giving, there's always just more news about the, uh, the, uh, the these tentpole franchises and the studios, whether it's uh, Star Wars or uh, the MCU or DC. Uh, so it, it's nonstop, but it's – it does like just when you think uh, the Spider-Man story is going to continue with, uh, you know, 
Nick Fury and they dropped this, you know, no, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there was some, you know, crazy stuff that happened at the end of uh, Far From Home. And then, boom, now Spider-Man is back with Sony and that what they were setting up may never come to fruition to explore, you know? It's, uh, it, it is it is kind of mind-boggling. It, and just in general, the new, in, in life, we, we live in an age of a very fast news cycle, you know? The, the stories are constantly changing. Did I lose you? No, no, you didn't lose me. Oh. <laughs> just, yeah. just listening um, to you. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, stories are uh, – so – yeah, it's kind of crazy. Also, you know, uh, sometimes it's like, wow, it's just overwhelming the, the amount yeah. of uh, the, the amount of uh, news out of like with Disney Plus now. It's like <laughs> yes. it's going to be insane. Like twenty four uh, shows. So, it's like how do you keep track of all the movies, shows, what if cartoons that are coming out as well. It's it's insane to see about how much media is coming out. Disney Plus, they're they're bringing in Hulu with it as well, and then you have yeah. uh, what Amazon Prime, and you have Netflix. Oh my gosh, it's media uh, heaven right App, now. Apple TV uh, streaming oh, Apple service. TV. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's it's it, it's pretty bananas. Um. So yeah, sometimes, but you know what? For the the for the movie tv chat shows like uh you know screen junkies collider all the blogs uh you know what there's there's a lot of stuff to dissect right right there are a lot of channels (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is good for business having good a lot of media is good for business but it's also good for storytelling because you get to see what's a good story what's a bad story pretty fast because a lot of things are being created so i think writers are are becoming a little bit more excellent. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no you, you you make a great point there, Steve, because the you get to see now like the bar is raised and right. uh, and you get to see what a quality film is and okay, uh what isn't quite up to snuff and uh so it it makes it makes us a more discerning viewer. Uh, so, and you appreciate when something breaks through the clutter, like, uh, a Logan or, you know, mm. Deadpool, when, when that first Deadpool came out, oh man, uh, what a breath that of fresh shocking. air. Right. Yeah. Uh, like just such a, a weird, funny, hard R, uh, superhero movie. So, right. uh, and, and that changes the changes the conversation it makes anything possible i think you know and like without uh without the hard r of deadpool or logan would you eventually get something like the boys on uh right uh, on amazon Which you know a great show. Uh, the bo- oh yeah i really i really dug it and um but it was just dark and uh and explored superheroes in a way that it's dissecting them, and I know the boys, you know, uh, you know, uh, based on uh, comics and everything. Right. But w- we wouldn't uh, be able to explore that in, you know, on TV or in a have it filmed if it wasn't for the uh, comic book movies that opened the door for that but, kind of R-rated stuff. Well, Emily Blank just made a movie called Brightburn. Uh, did you see Brightburn? Yeah. No, I. Uh, that's one of the movies I missed. Uh, but oh. it's about like an e, an e, a young uh, sort of Evil Superman, Superman type kid. Yeah. 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 You, I don't think you'd have that without Daredevil as well. And that's a that's a superhero horror movie. Um, yeah. If you if you ever want to be frightened of superheroes or why the uh, why uh, you know they made Cadmus for Superman, uh, you're gonna see it in this film. Because if you want to understand gotcha. why the government would ever be afraid of Superman, this is a damn good reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it. I, all right, you, you're making me want to watch it that much more. Yeah, that's one of the ones that, I, that is on my list. 
what's interesting is that it doesn't it does imply that it's a bigger world. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if there's anything more from that. Have there been any movies this year that have surprised you that really caught you off guard as being really good, not just good but really good? Yeah, um, I, I was uh, I was kind of bummed that uh, Booksmart. Uh, didn't uh, do a little bit better because it was so funny and uh, it, it was, it, uh, yes, and uh, it really struck me as kind of a, a combo of uh, like eighth grade meets uh, super bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean that that film, I thought it was just so smart and funny, and yeah. uh, kind of uh, and I think it like broke the mold just as far as uh, like some of the things we expect in teen comedies, and uh, the strong uh, like you know just from a, a strong uh, female perspective. I don't think we see that. Uh, I've seen that as much. Um, so I, I really dug that. I just saw this uh, little movie uh, um, that Shia LaBeouf's in called Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh yes, um, good movie. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, I, I really dug that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean it's just a like Shia LaBeouf. He keeps reinventing, and he, he does like mm. he, he's he's done a lot of uh, like out of the box, you know, unusual stuff, and he gets uh, like dinged for being weird and we did a spring right. junkies thing with him years ago I, but uh, I but he yeah he does he does some really good work he made he um yeah, american honey was uh, mm-hmm. a film he made several years ago that it's a little long a little too long but mm-hmm. it's it was also just uh a, a, just a, a thoughtful grounded like truthful journey like he he, i think he makes some good choices Uh, another film that i was surprised it was so damn good this year john wick three i loved john wick three i think that might be my favorite of the my favorite of the series so far because Mm. the action uh it reminded me um a little bit of uh the uh the raid and the raid two oh yeah just as far as the quality of the action that kept topping itself because it's it's hard to make an action movie that is just dependent on one action set piece after another that can keep you just riveted and Mm. you know and just keep topping itself so very impressed Mm. by john wick three uh Mm. as well and then you know end game uh oh yeah just one of my like I, i mean i just remember just being so satisfied by that and um that was a Once great movie. upon a time in Hollywood as well. I, did uh, you like it? Yeah, I, I, I did. So, are you in the uh, not a, not such a fan of it, or you know what? what, I, what do you think? I, I'm a huge Quentin fan, but no, I no, I did not like it um, uh, at all. <laughs> uh, talk to me. Uh, t- let's have a movie fight about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> oh. right now. <laughs> oh no! Let's have a fight about some other movie. I don't want to fight about my hero. You know, I, I yeah. Just, okay. go ahead. yeah, go ahead. You know, hear your thoughts. What I really felt about the movie is that it, it kind of it kind of lingered on. I could have I could have done with just Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's character and staying on there right. and staying mm-hmm. there for, for maybe two and a half hours. I really did not need to see any other characters as far as I'm concerned. Right. Especially Roman Polanski, who I'd rather see in prison than in a movie. So sure. it, it was it was just one of those films where I'm just like, a lot of this, not really what I go to see Quentin for. And I don't really know what he's going for. So I'm gonna have to see about three to four more times to kind of get a yeah. vibe of what are you really going for here? Because I, I really just didn't get it. Could have been my mood. Could have been what I mm-hmm. ate. It, it could have been what I didn't drink. <laughs> um, but but sure. it, 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 it just didn't satisfy that that sensation you get. When you see a Quentin Tarantino film, let's just say like Reservoir Dogs, where it's, yes. it's like a stage play made as a movie, or Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. where you have time travel almost instantaneously, like quantum mechanics, right in front of your face. Or yes. when you're talking about any other of his films, even Jackie Brown, which which he didn't even write, where you have an mm-hmm. excellent film that it follows a process that lets you understand this is a solid movie, this is going in a direction. I didn't feel that from this. I felt a great fragmentation from this film. I felt like it pushed me away a little bit because it did, it didn't really want to include me. It almost wanted to push me away a little bit. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt about it. What did you think? Yeah, I I, I don't blame you. I, I 
I connected with it and, uh, and I've gotten to appreciate it more and more um, since I've seen it and, and thinking mm. about it. Cause I find myself thinking about it. Uh, I, it's one of those films that I've, I've thought about a lot after I watched it and I hear you about it, like it being a, a bit too long. Right. Uh, but I feel like it, if it didn't kind of meander on its journey, you right. wouldn't stumble. You wouldn't stumble into these amazing moments. I thought right. the lead performances by Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio were so magnetic and oh, so yeah. watchable. Um, oh, yeah. I kind of agreed. Uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, uh, tweeted about the movie, and I. I really found myself uh, agreeing with this tweet where he said, I can't wait to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again so I can hang out with these characters some more. Uh. And and that resonated with me because I I did think about the whole Manson aspect. What right. Was it necessary? Should we have had more? Should we have had less? For, mm-hmm. and, but you know what? It was it was just this fairy tale, and it wasn't about that. That was um, a product of the time, and because right. it, it, it was like the snapshot of Hollywood in 1969, and the uh, some of the the thoughts of the the time about hippies and drugs and stuff like that, and and Hollywood. So right. it was. It wasn't a, just a clear narrative that popped like some of these other films, like you know uh, Jackie Brown, or right. it wasn't this revenge story like mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards or Django. Um, it was uh, it was it was a little bit of a meandering journey, right. but right. it was. I really enjoyed just settling in with those characters and i do want to see it again you know how you know what my problem is i think i think my problem is that this is his ninth film he only has one film left and i just i don't want him to go away and if this is going to be his ninth film i i wanted it to pop me in the head for some for some reason but but like i said before like any quentin tarantino film i have to see it again there's no way i can have one uh, you know one big opinion about a film that I've only seen once, especially from a great director like Quentin Tarantino. Sure. I, I hear you. Um, I, I want to see it again as well. Uh, the, and, you know, Quentin Tarantino owns a theater out here. The, yes. Uh, um, the, yeah, the New Beverly. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, th- they're showing it there on a, on a regular basis. And I, w- I want to see it there. And they have it in a, a 35 millimeter cut. And, nice. uh, and then also some cool trailers and things that are handpicked. Uh, like classic trailers that are handpicked by Quentin Tarantino to play in front of that. So I feel like I, I gotta, I, I, I gotta see it in in that atmosphere. I was so blessed. I, I made a movie uh, a couple of years ago, about seven, eight years ago. And we were the last mm-hmm. film to be played in his theater that was digital. From that point on, he went purely, purely film. So we did a wow. festival. We played at a theater. It was, it was a dream come true because he's, Oh yeah, he's always been a big hero. Of my, I'm a huge fan of his since I was a little kid. Yes. So what a great oh, yeah. director, for sure. So is, uh, is I mean, there, he, he was a game changer. Oh, absolutely. Did, did you see all his films even when you were growing up? Um. Oh yeah, I, I, I've seen all of uh, Tarantino's films, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, you, you can tell he, he's not just uh, a. a you know, a great filmmaker. He's a student right. of the game in the same way that right. Scorsese is a student of film. Um, yes. So there's that extra level of appreciation and homage to um, great films uh, from many eras. Hmm. Let me ask you a question, and this is going to be totally off, off base, but let's talk about the Batman for a second here. Uh, yeah. Consider, considering what we know about Heath Ledger and, and all of our judgments that we made on, on Michael Keaton as Batman, should we be making any comments or any kind of uh, sway in Robert Patterson's direction being Batman in the future? 
Well, here's the thing. I really, uh, I'm excited for uh, Robert Pattinson um, because, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Uh, mm. It's because of this uh, one movie from two years ago called Good Time. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Good Time is a raw, visceral mm-hmm. movie um, uh, made by uh, I think it's the Safi Brothers, uh, and it it like. It is a journey, and Robert Pattinson, like he is so far away from Edward Cullen and Twilight, <laughs> like, it, like I agree for, with you. Like he, he is not. He is no teen idol, and he no. shows r- real acting chops. And not only right. that, it is just, it is just like gritty and like just a a dirty film, like in just the, the, like. You know all sorts of subject matter, like uh, and and violence, and um, and and it and it doesn't pull any punches. So the the fact that Robert Pattinson could pull off such uh, such a cool, weird little gem of a movie, uh, I'm uh, I, it gives me confidence that he can. Uh, he could be the Batman and not only that he he's in an upcoming film that I'm also really looking forward the lighthouse. to with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. The lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like, I love Willem Dafoe. Um, yep. He was great. He, he um, loved him in the Florida project and throughout mm-hmm. his career. And um, that movie looks so moody and, um, and like, it, it just has a very distinct haunting tone and also it's from a24 and a24 yeah it just their their track record is pretty impeccable lately so yes. uh so you know what for for so many of those reasons his choices uh and what he's shown lately i i'm on board i'm on board with uh with uh with twilight batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah so am i you know you know my my friend just the other day well, a couple of weeks ago, when he found out the news, he texted me immediately, and it was just—it was like a horror film for him. And I tried—I oh. tried to remind him about how many times did you did we have doubt about an actor in a film, and it turned out to be perfectly fine. Everything's gonna be perfectly. Yeah. Plus, I plus I did see these films as well, and I knew that he was a great actor as well, and he would do just fine. Mm-hmm. So, plus the director's great as well. The director's not gonna pick some schmo. Right. Um, exactly. And we, you know what, we, how many more Batmans do you think there will be in our lifetime? <laughs> I mean, how many, how many, how many Jokers have we seen in our lifetime right. at this point? So right. it's going to keep, it's going to keep evolving and changing. And you're, and you know what, uh, uh, 15 years from now, we'll think of the debates we can have about the best Batman. There's going to be so many, how many, Okay, let me ask you a question. Uh, how yes. many Batman? Fifteen years. So, okay, let's count uh, the Batman. There's okay. uh, Mike uh, Keaton. Th- th- there's Ke- Keaton, Clooney, Kilmer, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Bale, uh, Affleck, Pattinson is going to be six. Adam yep. West is seven. Are we going to get into the? Uh, are, are we going to get into the animated the uh, Batman? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so how many? Okay, let's the Batman on film. Seven, right. I think. I'm probably leaving yeah. someone out. How many do you think there will be 15 years from now? Jeez, about another three or four. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's frightening. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it, it's the it's the world we live in. I mean, I, I can't believe there've been so there's so many Spider Men. Neither can I. Now they're going to do I mean, in TV such a shows. short span. Oh my god! Such gosh. a short span of time. I know uh, I, the pretty, whole world exploded. I, you know, it's it's interesting that in our time, we heard so many people saying that there's not enough fresh properties. Now they're taking fresh properties and just exploding with them. Yeah. Well, but but if you look at so many of the the top ten films, it's everything is either a reboot or a sequel. Though right. I mean, right. So I, I think we we could have even more fresh properties, but then you have something like the edge of tomorrow, which is right. um, a, a great, you know, original piece of filmmaking that tanks sure. at the box office. So, right. They're still making a sequel. 
Yeah, well, that's good. Hopefully, yeah. uh, the hopefully the title is uh, more inviting to the average <laughs> moviegoer. Well, they they have the same team coming back, and it's supposed to take place um, right after the first film. So I'm I'm re- I'm really looking forward to it because that that movie is just fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, you can't oh, yeah. go packed in it anymore. But yeah, uh, uh, sad, yeah, rest right? in peace. Yeah, uh, love that guy. Uh, I know. Game over, man. <laughs> yep. Oh, Aliens. Aliens. Uh, definitely. The Aliens is one of my probably top five favorite. Movies oh yeah. Absolutely. When I went to go see that film, the first jump scene when that sucker goes to the to the window. You just jump up in your in your seat. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so tell me, what what film disappointed you this year? Um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, that's a harder question. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. I, yeah, uh, I was. It was just a little. The the humor was just a little too dumb, and the action was not quite. And and listen, I'm not expecting, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know David uh, like David Mamet or, uh, <laughs> you know, right. um, the the greatest script in the world. But I don't know. After like the, you know, the the tenth uh, dick joke, uh, I, I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> you know. And the the action, you know, I liked Idris Elba, and and I you know, and I like those dudes, but I, I don't know, for some reason, I was just like, eh, wasn't that great compared to I I keep I think I hold everything up to Fast Five when it comes to that franchise. Fast Five was just mm. like such, uh, just a like raw power, like fun kick-ass right. thing but i think just those two guys they i don't know i missed I, I think you need a lot more of the crew the uh the, the whole the, the whole crew because like you'll have ludicrous or somebody somebody else or michelle rodriguez or whoever um there making a quip or doing a thing so like it, it keeps it popping this uh i don't know there, there was and just some of the store the the story choices, like I just didn't buy. Yeah, I, I found myself like kind of like being like meh mm. when I got out of Hobbs and Shaw, and that was one I expected to just go in and be and like go for a ride and not even think. But it had me think right. a little too much. Like, huh, yeah, <laughs> well, this isn't not so good. quite feeling it. So that's that's too uh, bad. Yeah. So how um, I understand you're you're yeah. teaching these days. Yes, um, I so I, I love performing comedy, and I do it uh, often at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, the UCB in Los Angeles, and nice. I teach uh, uh, writing and performance classes, uh, comedy there. And right now, the main thing I'm teaching is uh, uh, character classes, creating original characters for improv or sketch comedy. So kind of like, you know, in the vein of like Saturday Night Live style characters. Sure. And yeah. um, I, I help uh, students uh, devise and come up with these characters and write monologues. And uh, yeah, because I love playing characters and mm. I've just been doing it for years. So um, yeah. Did you used to watch SCTV actually, as well? Oh yeah, SCTV. Uh, yeah. Mad TV, uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Live, Monty Python, Key yes. and Peele. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, oh, um, In Living Color. Oh, yeah. Wow. We watched that back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how's the teaching going? Teaching going well? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, one of the great things, I'll tell you two things that I, I really uh, love about teaching. Uh, one is uh, I get to see, uh, it, it keeps me kind of fresh and aware of like, uh, of what people want to talk about and want to write about. So it kind of keeps, uh, it, it keeps my, 
kind of wheels turning when it comes to, all right, what's going on right now in comedy, getting to work with so many young people, students, uh, you get students of all ages, but it's a lot of people who are younger than I am. So it keeps my ideas uh, fresh and, and, and it keeps me aware. And then also it, uh, I feel like it keeps me, uh, I get to hear a lot of different perspectives. You know, I, I'm just like, you know, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, middle-aged, uh, white guy, Jewish guy. Uh, so I have my perspective, but I get to talk to and learn from and listen to people from all walks of life and all backgrounds, people who are different from me. And I feel that that increased awareness, uh, has made me, uh, a, a more thoughtful, creative person and just a more thoughtful person being able to have interesting conversations about, Oh, what someone different from me finds offensive or finds interesting. I feel like that's helped me a lot. Hell, before we go, if you were going to talk to somebody back in Jersey who wants to do the same thing that you want to do, wants to write, wants to act, wants to be part of all of these things, just doesn't know how to put the pieces together what advice would you give that person? A uh, couple of things. Um, I would uh, encourage someone to learn how to l- learn how to edit and shoot. Uh, and you can do it. You know, we can do it on our phones now. We can. Uh, there, there's there's so much you have in the palm of your hand. So learn about the equipment, and then foster your creativity. Uh, uh, and you can do that by, I would say, take an improv class or take a writing class, a storytelling class. Um, learn, learn about finding your voice and, and then figure out what you want to do. If you want to do movie reviews, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can do it, uh, talk right into the camera on your computer and do it that way. If you want to, and then start uploading videos. We we really have the power to do it in the palm of our hands, like never before. Like even like you know, 15 years ago when I, you know, first was uh, getting out to uh, California and getting into this stuff, it wasn't as easy and accessible. But it's getting more and more uh, accessible for everyone to do. So right. yeah, t- take a class uh, and then watch as much. Well, like what do you want to do? Is it movie reviews or do you want to write TV? Then watch as much of it as you can. Right. Yeah. So just, yeah, a couple of things. And, uh, and then one other thing I'd say, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but hard work will, will beat talent. So Mm. uh, work your butt off. Thank you. I agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. You know how it's been wonderful talking. I I literally can talk to you for hours. You're you're one of my favorite guests I've ever had. I really appreciate your your time, your effort, and your your advice to all, all the uh, all the people that are listening in right now. Oh, that's 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 really nice. And uh, thank you. I just uh, hearing uh, hearing that you appreciate. Uh, some of the stuff that uh, I've done and screen junkies and um, the things we do, that's just amazing to hear. And that's one of my favorite things about like we were talking yeah. about Comic-Con a little bit and like w- one of the great things, just getting to meet people who watch and appreciate the stuff. So Steve, uh, you're, those I appreciate your kind words and uh, yeah, <laughs> this you. has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for letting you. me talk about one of my favorite subjects. Uh, hey, keep, me. keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we love you. Keep up the good hard work. We want to keep on watching you forever. And I really appreciate your stories oh. about your father. Those were really touching. And, and really, they felt really close to home. I, I really appreciate you sharing those personal stories with us. Well, this is this has been a, a really cool experience. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me, and uh, and I, I appreciate. It. Thank you for a great interview. You uh, like you really had me thinking there, and really uh, <laughs> like th- those are some those are some great questions. So I, I really appreciate it, Steve. Uh, this is I'm glad I did this my a research. lot of fun. Thank you, sir. Heck yeah. You have a great day. That that's 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 how Rudnick. That's how Rudnick. Thank you very much, sir. And you have yourself a great night. God bless you. Thank you. And as I say on Screen Junkies, bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.
Well, that song is called Angel. I love that song. Oh, there we go. So that was uh, that was Hal Rudnick. I loved Hal. Hal did a great job. Uh, what a great voice. Uh, what great advice. Thank you so much for sharing your stories about your family. Uh, it helped us out a great deal. Sometimes it's really hard out there, guys and girls. Sometimes it's quite difficult. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this show was I wanted to bring on people like Hal who were very positive, who had very good energy, who can share with you and impart with you wisdoms and part of their lives that can help you become a, a better person or to understand why you're going through what you're going through and how either to get out of it or to go deeper into it. Hal Rudnick, thank you very much for being on tonight. I hope to have you on really, really soon. We had a great conversation about movies and music and inspiration, teaching, um, films of the past, films of the future, music of the past, music of the future. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. All right, everybody. That's the end of our show. Please stay tuned. We have a wonderful show coming up next week. And we still have a GoFundMe page going on right now, Keep Radio Alive. We have a GoFundMe for Keep Radio Alive with Steve Pisa. Um, It is your contributions that keep this radio show alive, and I, I really appreciate it. Bless you all, and thank you for listening. Oh, don't you just love Claire DeLune? All right, everybody, have a great week. Have wonderful energy. Be with people you love and be positive. I will see you all next week. I am Steve Pisa for Cinephiles Radio. Thank you very much for listening in.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.